Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, good morning. Afternoon, almost. I can still say good morning. Hey, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, honestly, I would love to. Be sure you stick around. Um, honestly, it is, it is Beck and I's absolute honor of our life to get to serve you guys here at Life West. It is so much fun. And something that's not fun, however, is what's going on in Florida right now. Most, I think most of us know um, they got hit pretty hard. Well, um, a kind of a, a sister church, a church that we know, a pastor that we know, they're right in Naples. And they're like, hey, we're here and we're providing help. And any, if, if you could help, it would help us help. And so we were able, so you are already making a difference in Florida. And here, here's what we're able to do. See, if, you, if you've ever given online, and even on our envelopes, I believe, it, there's a couple different ways that you can give, and then there's a couple options of where it can go. There's a building fund because one day we won't be in a school. Come on. Um, there's, there's just that general giving. And then there's another one on there um, that says, not just like guest offering, but it says, fill the need. And what that is, is that's, that's money that we set aside to be ready at a moment's notice. Um, our missions budget, like we heard about Amina this morning, our, our missions advisory board gets together and they're kind of like, hey, we've vetted this organization and we know what they're doing with the money. We know what percent goes to overhead and what percent actually goes to missions. And so they kind of look at that and they're like, we think this is good and let's, let's give some money there. And that's how the missions is done. And then the general, well, there's, there's a board that oversees that, and I present a budget to them, and they're like, yep, and we think, what about this, and why are we doing this? And then that's how that money is spent. And then the building fund, well, we don't have the building, so it's, it's sitting getting ready so that we can do a building. So when something like this pops up, what do we do? Well, we've got money set aside to be ready to do this in the fill the need. And because you guys are so generous, it's like, yep. That's, that's what that is, and that's what that's for, so that when a need suddenly arises, we can just move on it right away. It's not like, oh, should we shift something, move something? What's going to have to give? We're going to have to not do this or that. It's like, okay, nope, it is ready, and so we're like, well, let's just get started, and let's see what we can do and what they're doing. So just a huge thank you for your generosity and all that you guys do. So a huge thank you for that, and it's just in case you're wondering, it's Freedom Life Church. In Naples, they're an awesome, awesome church, and just real excited to be able to help them in what they're doing. And then, of course, you guys know, but small groups kicked off last week, and if you got on last week and you didn't find a group that you really liked yet, hey, there's still, there's more groups now than there was last week, and these next few weeks as we're starting the last minuteers, which you're in the second service, so let's just be honest. Most of you are here right now. Maybe, maybe not. But some, there's some others as well. And there's some last-minute groups still getting in there. So be sure to go online. It's lifewest.church and check out the small groups and find something. Let me tell you, life is better together. And we're in this series right now, Chasing Giants. And really, this is our fourth week of it. And we're looking at some giants in the Bible and what they did and what we can learn from what they did. You know, it says in Hebrews 13, remember your leaders who spoke the Word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate their faith. We're supposed to be able to look at these guys and not just be like, what am I supposed to do? But that's how they did it. And if they can do it, I can do it too. If they can, I can. God is not a respecter of person. So if they can do it, 
so can you. And so that's what we're doing. So if you have your Bibles, open those up to Genesis 39 and Psalms 105. Because we're going to open up the two spots because it's just more fun. So Psalms 105, and that'll be where we'll start, in Genesis 39. We've been looking so far, really focusing on something in the Bible called Joseph. And Joseph is a really interesting one simply because of the fact that we get to see Joseph's really, his, his life and lineage, like, and, and his ancestors and what came before. And you're like, holy cow, look at, look at these guys. And we see Joseph. We see he comes from a dysfunctional family. We see that his dad had multiple wives, that he really only liked one of them. And just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean that we do it. Sometimes it's like we see that it's just a bad idea. And so we're kind of watching and seeing what he does. And, and then we see God at 17, God gives Joseph a dream, a glimpse of how God wants to use him in the future. And Joseph Joseph does something really stupid. He goes and tells his brothers about this dream, about how one day his brothers are going to bow down to him. And he didn't just tell his brothers, he told his older brothers. Anybody have an older brother growing up? I had one, that was enough. Joseph had 10 older brothers, and he told his 10 older brothers about it. And the Bible says they hated him all the more because of the dream. Then God gives him another dream, And he goes and does the same thing that he did with the first dream, with the second dream. And what we're looking at here is we're seeing this this gap between when God gave Joseph the dream and when the dream came true. And we're looking at this because, let me just say, what we see about Joseph, what's true about Joseph, is true about you and me. What God shows us doesn't happen the next day. God is not a microwave God. In like 30 seconds, you're like, ooh, I burned the popcorn. It's too in there too long. No, no, no. There, there is a process. And what we see as we look at this is that this gap had a purpose, that there's something to it. So Psalms 105, verse 19. Here's what it says. Psalms 105, verse 19. This is about that, that, that gap, that time between when God gave him the dream and when the dream came true. And it says this, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. God was doing something in this time. Now, who, who likes tests? Raise your hand. Anybody like tests? I don't like you. I mean, really? Like, I, do not, I, don't, I do not like tests. I'm not like, yay, I get to take a test. Like, that's just, that's not fun. There's, there's a million other things I would rather do than take a test. But this, this type of a test is really, it's probably different than what you think when you think of tests. See, in the Hebrew, this Hebrew word, the, this test, here's what it means. It means to smelt, to refine, to purify, and, and literally, it, it'll say next to it, it'll say, like, like a goldsmith would refine gold. It's, it's the removing of impurities. It's getting rid of the junk so that what's left is better. It's not a showing of what you are, but more of a making of what you could be. It's gold that gets put in the fire. What goes in comes out better. It's not a showing of what is, but a removing of what shouldn't be. And that, that's what this, this testing that Joseph was in, that's what it is. And we're all, you and I, we're going to go through this. 
We're going to go through this. There's a time between God, what God lays on our hearts to do, the dream that he puts in our hearts, and that destiny coming true, and it's a refining time. And this is what it says about it, that God was refining Joseph's or tested Joseph's character. Because character is the platform that, that is, we're going to have to stand on. If you don't have the character, if it's not there, you're in trouble. The dream that God put in Joseph's heart, what we see because we know the end of the story, you may be familiar with it, is Joseph is going to be, not just have his brothers bow down to him, not just have his brothers and his mom and dad, but he's going to rise to a position of power. He's going to be the second most powerful person on the planet. Do you think you need some character to be in that position? And God is going to establish that and help him build that. You know, the Bible says if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. Another way of saying that is this, what you do with what you have is what you will do with what you get. Most of us think, well, if they paid me more, I'd show up on time. No, you just don't show up on time because you don't show up on time. You, you, you just don't show up. What you do with what you have is what you will do with what you get. You know, the kids, they, growing up, if you've got, you, you got a kid and you give him a stick and every time he gets a stick, he starts hitting his brothers and sisters with it. You don't give him a knife. He's, he's not ready. If he starts chasing every animal in the yard and beating the dog and chasing the chickens and running, you're like, no, you, you don't get a stick yet. No, you're not, you're not ready. You do not have the ability. You, you, you handle it wrong. If you mishandle that, I can't give you anything else. And God, in this, and what he does in us, is he helps to refine us. I don't even like the word test because of what I think of. But what it really is, is it is a refining, removing of what shouldn't be there so that the, what God put inside you can really be there. So this is what we see for Joseph during this time. And he, the very first test, the first refining we see for Joseph is the pride test. And he completely fails it. But here's the good thing. Remember this. Every test that you take with God, it's not like a pass-fail, you're done, kicked out of class. That doesn't happen. You're going to retake it. God's like, okay. And Joseph does. But the first time, he fails the pride. And then he gets thrown in the pit. That's a result. That's a little bit of a result of, of his pride. Kind of got him in there. But how he responds, he responds well. We talked a bit about that. And we're going to pick up. We're going to pick up right here. So Genesis 39 in talking about where Joseph is, and it says this, Genesis 39, 2. Genesis was, so, uh, excuse me, Potiphar was, Potiphar, Genesis, this has nothing to do with what I was saying. So I do this at home, I don't think I've ever done it here, so you, you we're going to see how it goes, but you're my first, but this is what we do at home when we say something like that completely wrong. We rewind. So Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery. Some slave traders, they brought him to Egypt. He sold to a man named Potiphar. And he is now a slave in Potiphar's house. Verse 2, 39, 2. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man serving in the house of his Egyptian master. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. The success, he was a successful man owning nothing. The success is not how much you own. Success is living out your call that God has on your life right where you are. It has nothing to do with what you own, what you can buy, where you can go, or what food you eat. Verse 3, when his master saw that the Lord is with him, 
and made him prosper in all he did. Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal attendant. So he's moving up. Potiphar put him in charge of the household and entrusted him with everything he owned. Verse 5. From the time that he put Joseph in charge of his household, in all he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's household on account of him. Now, I just love that because there's, there's channels that God works through, and God works through the channels that are there. God doesn't, anybody have a money tree in their backyard? No, because that's not how money comes. It comes through channels. There's an exchange. And God needed to bless Joseph, so God used the channel, and as a result, Joseph's boss was blessed because of Joseph. God used the channel and is getting that blessing to Joseph. Verse 6, so Potiphar left all he owned in Joseph's care. He did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. Verse 6, now Joseph was well-built and handsome. I like to think that that's my life verse. I don't know. Um, Hey, Becca laughed at that first service. I was like, you of all people don't get to laugh at that. And she didn't this service. Come on. All right. Next, next verse. Oh, yeah. Where, where was I? All right, here we go. So verse 39, now Joseph was well-built. Oh, yeah, the well-built and handsome part. Here we go. Verse 7, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. So now we get to the purity test. What happens? Verse 8, but he refused. He said, with me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care, and no one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. The purity test. Now, I really don't like this one um, because I failed at it. And I'd love to just skip over this one and just be like, next, please. Um, I, because I did. But let me just say this. I'm not like, hey, I did it right and you need to. Um, there's, there are second chances. And, and I, I failed at this. Before, before I got married, um, I got, a, I would say, addicted to porn. And I remember stopping multiple different times, and, and, um, but it kept coming back up. And I remember thinking, well, when I get married, then, you know, then it'll be okay. And it, and it was for a while. Um, but, it, but it came back in even after I was married. And, man, I hated it. Uh, the, the person that I wanted to be open and honest with and to share my everything with, I'm now closing off a part of my life, lying, deceiving, erasing, deleting things from her. And, and so the first time, I went to her, and I'm like, hey, I'm struggling with this. But like I said, that was the first time. We walked through some of that together, but then it came back. I say, it came back. We just say, I let it in again. And this time, she caught me. Let me just say this. It's way better, way better <laughs> when, when you come clean. And she's like, hey, what is this? And, and, and we walked through it. 
and I got help, and I had some, some guys that I'm like, hey, this is what I'm going to be, and I told him, and I'm like, hey, and this is what's going on, and I've got some accountability, and we've walked through this, and, and let me just say, yes, it is 100% true that, man, God can take our mess, God can take our crap and turn it into fertilizer. It, it can be good. God's word is true. I love what it says, that God can work all things for the good of those that love and serve him. But let me also say this, it's better to have not done it in the first place. There are consequences. And, and I think sometimes we hear people's testimonies and you hear about how great it is now and you're like, what does it matter? <laughs> They're loving their life now. I'd love that. Why not? Um, th- there's consequences. And I wish I hadn't. I mean, that, that was decade, over a decade ago now. And it was, it was like just over a week ago that Beck is like, hey, I know you're looking at porn again. And I'm like, I'm not. She's like, yes, you are. She's like, no, then, what, then what's going on? And, she, and she's like, I, I think you are. And, and she says that, and I'm like, well, I opened the door to this. I haven't. But the question is there because I did. And really, she's like, well, then, then, then what's going on? And she's like, well, I don't feel you're pursuing me. And I'm like, well, I don't feel you're being percept- very receptive. And, and really, it's great problems when you both, that, when that's the problem, you're like, well, this is an easy fix. Like, we can fix this in five minutes or less. I mean, come on. <laughs> this service isn't online, so I can, I can just say that. But anyways, and it's a great problem, but, but what comes up in that and the issue and some of the underlining and the insecurities that she's feeling are my fault. And I can't, you can't undo what you did. Yes, God can do it right. You, you do it right, yes. And God can take what we give him and he makes it the best from what we give him. But let me say, it's way better to give him it all from the beginning, okay? It's a hundred times better. I wish I didn't have to just, no, I've never. But Joseph, Joseph does it right. He gets it right. He, he absolutely failed the pride test. He gets thrown in the pit, and he's serving right where, he at, right where he is. He's serving as under the Lord. He nails that one. But this one, and let me tell you this, every one of us, we're going to fight this, and probably more than once. We're going to have to beat. We're going to have to fight. We're going to have to pass this purity test. And Joseph does it. So I want to know what Joseph did that he did. And we already read it in verse 9. We already read it in verse 9, the key to it, where it starts. And it says this, that no one was greater than I am. This is his answer to Potiphar's wife. The master's withheld nothing from me except you because you're his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and, what does he say? Sin against God. That's what it is. He doesn't say, do this wicked thing against my master, he says, this thing against God. See, understand this. God made you. He made you. He made your hormones. He made your body, all of it. He gave you your ambitions and desires and that sex drive too, all of it. But what he did is he gave you a place for it. And he said, I'm going to give you the very best place for this, this sex drive thing that I gave you, and it's called marriage. 
And Joseph said, I'm not going to sin against God. Understand this. Anytime that we say, I know better than what God knows, we're sinning against God. Whether it's in our finances, whether it's in our purity, whether it's in our priorities in our life, no matter what it is. And Joseph recognized it from the beginning. It's not just two consenting adults. It's not a victimless crime. It's just me and the screen and nobody sees anything. And no, it's, no, it's a sin against God. God's like, I, I created the perfect place for it, and it'll be amazing over here. This is where it's great. That's where it's meant to be. If you take it out of there, it will not be what God intended it to be. When we take it out of where God says it, we say, God, I know better than you do. I, I, I know better. I know you think that would be good, but this is better. And really, the world, so much of the world's system is built on FOMO. It's the fear of missing out. It's, oh, you don't know what you're missing. And the truth is, I, I can jump off this purity ship any day. You can't get back on it. You can give God what you have and he'll give you the best, but let me just say the very best is just you stay on it and you don't get off. You just, and so Joseph is like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to honor God in this. He realizes that it's sinning against God and realize God's not trying to keep anything from us. He's saving some, us for something. He's like, this is where it's going to be the very best. And so the question is, is do we believe God and that what he has for us is best. Because if I do, it's easier to wait. Because what God has for me is the best. And if I know this is coming, I don't want this now. Psalms 119 verse 9 says this. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. It's easy to obey God's word when we believe that he has our best interest in mind. When what he has for us is the best. We're like, that's what I want. I want the best. I don't want something else. It's like when you're at the buffet and you walk by the desserts and then you look at your plate and you're like, there's way too much on this. Like, I am not going to be eating all of this because I want some of that and some of that. You're saving room. You're like, I, wanna, I'll, I'll, I see something better. This, this is what I'm after let me just say, when, when you save something, do you have more or less of it? You have more. I don't know if you knew that. But one plus one is two. If you add another one to it, it becomes three. If you keep adding, it gets bigger. When you save yourself in that area of purity, you get more, not less. That's what God says. He's not trying to keep something from us. He's trying to keep us for something. And if we're trusting God, that's what we're going to do. But I know it's not always easy. But if where we see God's faithfulness, it gets easier and easier to trust God. Because we see his faithfulness in our life. We see his word come true and we're like, because it's true, it gets easier and easier to trust God. Some of us, we've made messes, and we're like, well, my mess is so bad, it's got to be better. And then we start, and we're like, yeah, this is, this is, it's getting better and better. That's why we need to share our stories with our kids. We need to share. They need to see us trusting God. I know sometimes it, it's, it's not easy. We need to share where we are and what he's doing. 
um, about a week, week and a half ago, uh, Molly went out to feed the animals, and she comes back in, and she's like, they're gone. And I'm like, what's gone? She goes, the bunnies are gone. And I'm like, no, they're not. She's like, yep, they're gone. <laughs> I'm like, no, they're not. And she goes, they're gone. I'm like, uh, are you serious or are you joking? Because Avery's there, and one of the bunnies is Avery's, and one of the bunnies, Molly, and Molly, Molly and Avery, are our daughters are 15 and 14, and they have these awesome little white bunnies. And they're like, yep, they're gone. So we go outside, and sure enough, something happened. The latch was up, or somebody left it up, or I don't, I don't know exactly what happened, but the bunnies are gone. Two white bunnies. And I'm just like, let's look for the bunnies. So we start looking for the bunnies, like maybe they're around, the white bunnies. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I've seen the hawk in the backyard lately, like, like, like swooping and coming back up. I didn't like see a white bunny, but I'm like, let's, let's look. And I was like, so we're looking in the, bro- the bushes and things, and, and I'm thinking like, how do you call a bunny? And I couldn't really come up with anything. So we're just looking. And then I was like, okay, I'll be super dad. And so I get my little drone out, and we fly up, and I'm looking looking in the field next to the house. And we're like, well, maybe it's in there. And the kids are we're like, what, what's that? And we lower. It's like, oh, it's just a little like white trash on the ground. So we're looking and we, we don't find them. And so I'm like, well, they're, they're probably gone. And Avery's like, oh, they're gone. And, and, and I was like, they're gone. <laughs> and then I was like, well, um, maybe we should pray is what I'm thinking. But at the same time, I'm also thinking, but what if I pray and they don't come back? But I'm like, but that's not how prayer works. This is an opportunity for God to show up and show off. Like, no, we, we, we've got to pray. And so I'm like, hey, girls, um, let's, let's pray that the bunnies come back. And so we just, and I think Avery was in the kitchen and Molly's over here and she's like, they're gone. And I'm like, but we're going to pray. And so we just pray. I said, God, just, I think that you're going to bring these bunnies back. And nothing, nothing super big. And, and uh, amen. And, and Avery's, Avery's sad. And Molly's like, they're gone. So we're just, we're just kind of like, okay. So last week, I head down. And, and I was out of town. And I get a text from Molly a couple days into the trip. And, and the text says, the door to the bunny cage was left open and I went out to feed one of the other bunnies, because we had two girl bunnies and a boy bunny. You don't put the bunnies together, you get lots of bunnies. So we had the bunnies separate. She goes, so I went to feed the other bunny, and, and, and one of our bunnies was back in, the, in its cage. Like, it, it put itself away. And I'm like, that's awesome. And so I text her back, and I said, that's so great. I said, put that bunny in with the other bunny, and then leave the cage open. I said, I prayed that they would both come back. And then I turned my phone off. So a couple days later... I turn my phone back on, and, and there's another message from Molly. And she says, we were out walking with some friends and their dog, and we're out walking, on, just, just walking on the property, and their dog started freaking out at, at some of the, the brush. And one of, one of her friends was like, I bet it's your bunny fern. And, and the girls were like, no, no, it's not. And they went over and looked, and there it is, the white bunny. So they reach down, pick it up, and they've got both of their bunnies back. And I'm like, praise God. They get to see God's faithfulness. But I think sometimes we don't pray because we think we're going to save God. 
Like, I'll save him some embarrassment. I, don't, I, I won't pray about this. Or we pray, but we don't pray in front of the kids. It's good that mom and dad get together and we pray over our finances and situations and we pray for healing, but we do it privately instead of publicly. And our kids don't get to walk that faith journey with us because here's what happens. At the very beginning, our kids borrow our faith and then they imitate our faith before they own their own faith. And they need to see it and experience it. And when I got that text from Molly saying like, hey, the second one's back, I could have cried. I mean, watered my beard. Like, you know what I mean? I I, could have done it. Just I was like, God, thank you for giving her another example of your faithfulness in her life. Because when we know that God is faithful to his word, it's easier to obey his word. It's so much easier. And this is literally what God is wanting to do. And in the area of purity, let me just say, what God has for you is better. It's so much better when we do it God's way. That's what he has for us. It's trusting in him. And let me just say, the the area that we start trusting in, most of us think this is where we finish, but the truth is this is where we're supposed to start. Because the Bible says, if you're not able to handle worldly wealth, who will give you true riches? We start in the area of finances. Because here's what God says. God says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour you out such a blessing. If you're having trouble trusting God and you're like, well, how do I, how do I begin to even just to really, really put my trust in? Because it's one thing to trust God for salvation because guess what? We don't, that doesn't happen until we die or he comes back. It's a little different when you, what you believe affects today. It affects my actions, my spending habits, my desires, my future, where I'm going and what I'm doing. That's where, how do they say it? That's where the, in English, what is the word? Where the rubber hits the road. Not that I know a second language, but I think it's fun to say. Um, But that's where the rubber hits the road. That's where it is because we have to act differently. So God says, watch what happens when you begin to tithe, when you give to, watch what happens. We've done it for years and holy cow, our entire, our whole marriage. And let me just say, I know our finances are blessed, just plain and simple. I work the budget and I'm like, holy cow, God, you are good. I know it's his blessing. And not only that, But did you know that money is like the lowest form of blessing? The family that I have, I do not deserve at all. I've done things to try to just sabotage it, it would seem. God's blessing is on it because we trust and we do it His way and we're both willing to do the same thing, which is forgive each other and keep moving. What God has for you is better than anything that you can imagine. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans. You want to know what God has in store for you? He says it right there. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's where you're like, yeah, it's going great. How are you doing? I'm successful. What do you own? Nothing. But I know I'm successful because I'm doing what God's called me to do. 
It's not a, a number you have to reach, followers, accolades, bank accounts, cars you have to drive. It's fulfilling the call that God's put on the inside of you and knowing that you're doing it. He's doing it right and he's getting the glory. You're building the kingdom, something that lasts longer than today and then gone tomorrow. It's what he has for each and every one of us. We live it out by faith day by day. And in the area of purity, it starts right here, knowing that what God has for you is better than anything you'll find anywhere else. There's only one creator, and it's God. Satan doesn't create. All he can do is imitate. And imitations are never as good as the real thing. What God has for you is better. This whole idea, the fear I'm missing out, you're not missing anything. You're holding out. You're not missing out. You're holding out for what's better and what God has for you. Hold on to it. Begin to trust God right where you are. Watch his, him be faithful. Show himself faithful. And what does it get? It gets easier and easier to trust his word and what he says, that he's going to do it, that it's going to come true. You might be in this waiting pattern, like, what's going on? And God laid this in my heart, and what's supposed to happen? Why hasn't it happened yet? Is God testing? Is he refining? Again, like the goldsmith refines gold when he puts it in that furnace and the things that don't belong, the things of lesser value, the weaker, the, the imperfections come out and what is left is the finest gold. Is that what he's doing with you? Then let him. But go to him and give him what you've got because no matter where you are, we can't change what we've done, but we can change what we're gonna do. And we say, God, I give you everything I am right now he sees every dark, every bright, every light. He knows it all. And you just, you give it to him right where you are. You say, God, it's all yours. And he tells you what he's going to do with it. He can work all things for the good of those that love and serve him. Dad, there might be some consequences. You might even have to do some jail time. I don't know what was going on. But right there, he can take and put his blessing on it and turn what the devil intended for evil, he can use it for good. It might be a journey that you have to walk, but begin now. See him faithful and watch what he does in and through you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here and you say, you know what, I just need to give my life to God. This is my heart. I just need to give it to him. I haven't done it, but I want him in my life. I've done my own thing, and today I want to give it to him. Or maybe you're here, and you're like, you know what? I haven't trusted, and I've been doing life my way. I haven't given him all of it. I've been chasing after my own ideas. I haven't trusted that what he had for me is better. I've been do doing my own, but today I want to give him it all. I want to go all in for him. I want to say, God, your way is best. I want to surrender to his way today, again. Or maybe it's just an area that you'd never given him, and you're like, today I give him this area. Whatever that is, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat, and we can say amen. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. Begin to walk out the plan and purpose that he has for you. Surrendered and anew. If that's you, at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand, then right in your seat, we're going to pray together. If that's you, get ready. One, two, Three, right now, lift it up high and say, that's me. That's me. Awesome. Okay, hands down. If that's you, 
Actually, everybody, let's just pray this prayer out loud that those that lifted their hands as you say these words, make them your own. Say them from your heart. Let's pray this all together. Say, oh God, forgive me and make me new. I give you my life. Every inch. It's all yours. Forgive me and make me new. Thank you for shedding your blood for dying on the cross so that I could be free. Today, I declare I'm yours. With all that I am, I'll serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.